<laughs> I love this story about Jesus. John was a follower when the early initial followers of Jesus walked with him all the way up to his crucifixion. He was there. And John uh, encounters the power of God, the power of Jesus uh, in a unique situation that maybe is, is kind of funny to me, that this is where Jesus starts doing miracles. And uh, where he starts doing miracles is at a marriage. And I believe he still does miracles in marriages today. How about you? Uh, some of you can testify, my, my marriage is a miracle. Uh, it's, it's a miracle of God. So John chapter 2, uh, let's read it. Here's what it says. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee, and Jesus' mother was there. So Mary is there. And Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. Now, let me just stop here and say, what if Jesus hadn't been invited to the wedding? You ever thought about that? And, and the other thing that, that gripped me here this week when I was studying this again is how Jesus is interested in the mundane things of life. See, it, Jesus doesn't want to just be in your Sunday morning, in other words. See, some of us are real good about, oh, Jesus on Sunday, you know. Jesus on Sunday morning, you know. But Jesus wants to go to school with you. Come on, somebody. Uh, he, he wants to go to work with you. He wants to be in your marriage with you or your dating relationships. Jesus wants to be involved in your life more than just Sunday morning, right? And, and that's what we see here. I mean, he, he's like, hey, I'll go to a wedding, you know. I'll go to whatever it is. So, he, so he's there. And verse 3, when the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. To which some of us would say, so? <laughs> right? And it actually kind of looks like maybe Jesus is saying that. And we'll get to that in a moment. But here, here's what I want to say. We don't understand this. This is a Jewish wedding, ancient Jewish wedding and so it doesn't just go for a couple hours, or it doesn't go till midnight. It goes for a week. It goes for days. And, and for days they celebrate. And, and so this is a big deal because this is, the party night, it, it ain't over yet, right? I took off work, right? I took off work, I took vacation for this wedding so I could be here for this whole week of celebration. And so it's an embarrassment as a Jewish person. It's embarrassing to, to run out of wine and, and the party's not over yet. And so then Jesus, here, here's, uh, this will shock some of us. Uh, verse 4, woman, uh, to which we say, excuse me, that's your mom. Watch it, boy, you know. What are you doing? And, and, and here, here's the thing, is in English, this sounds more harsh than it would in the original language, but this is the closest word we have for it, and so that's how it's translated. But, but he uses this word again 
for Mary. And he uses it in chapter 19, I believe it is, of John. John says on the cross that as he's dying, Jesus looks to Mary and says, Woman, your son. And looks to John and says, John, take care of my mom. Isn't it interesting that even in pain and torture that Jesus is interested in lives of people, right? That, that he's still interested. He's not, still not thinking about himself. And, and so he uses woman uh, that in that sense and in that regard, in that situation. The same thing here. So it's, it's not as harsh as we think, but he's just addressing her. You know, uh, let's look at it a little differently here. I'm not just your son. I'm your Lord. Uh, I'm your Savior. You'll see that in a few years. But, but you know, you're, you're, and let's look on. Why do you involve me, Jesus? My hour has not yet come. Jesus was very much on time. If you study the life of Jesus, you'll see that he's, he's very interested in time. And, and he's saying, you know, my time's about ready. My time's about come. You know, it's time for me to do. And, and here's what I get out of that. Jesus lived his life on purpose. How many of us, we, we need to live our life a little bit more on purpose. We, we need to realize the time in which we're in. And we need to make the time count and make every moment and every opportunity count. And Jesus is saying, hey, I, I, I'm not just here to hang out. And I'm not even going to be here a whole lot longer. So I, I've got to make sure that my time counts. And, and so he's addressing that, and, and he's saying, you know, I, I'm not even really fully in charge. Because a little bit later on, he'll say, I, I just do what my father tells me to do. So if my father tells me to do this, then I do it. And if he doesn't, then I don't. And so he says, that, that's kind of how I'm operating here, Mary. And, and, and so his mother, <laughs> it's like she doesn't even pay attention, right? And, and she says, uh, do whatever he tells you to do. Like he's going to say something. Because you weren't there, but I was there for his birth. And it was crazy, all right? Because uh, he like came out of nowhere, you know. I mean, I, I was a virgin. It's a long story. But anyway, uh, it, it's just crazy. And, and I'm not over that yet. And, and then when he was 12, we took him to church one time, and he just sat there and mystified all the teachers. It's amazing. And so I would say, and I think if she were here today, this, is, this would be her sermon. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. <laughs> Some of them just go home right now, right? Just, just do that. Whatever he's told you to do, just do it. All right, let's go on. And nearby, six stone water jars. I mean, 20, 30-gallon jugs, jars. And then kind used for Jewish ceremonial washing, each holding from 20, 30 gallons. Jesus said, here he goes, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now, draw some out, take it to the master of the banquet, the person in charge. They did so. The master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from. 
though the servants who had drawn the water knew. And then he called the bridegroom aside. And he says, everyone brings out the choice wine first, you know, to impress everybody. We're going to put the best foot forward. And then, you know, by Tuesday or Wednesday, they're bringing out the cheap stuff, you know, the, you know, a couple, few dollar bottles, you know, and they're, they're bringing that stuff out. But you have saved the best till now. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first, John says, of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. I want to talk to you this morning about how you can have a miraculous marriage. How many would like to sign up for that one, right? Uh, miraculous marriage. And here's some decisions that you can write down that lead to miracles in your life. Here's the first thing that you need to do is invite Jesus into all of it. Invite him into all of it. Again, it's amazing to me that he's invited to this wedding. It's just a simple wedding. Might have been a family member, but, but he didn't have to go, but he did go. But my thought is, what would have happened if he hadn't have been invited? What, what if this couple had sat around and, and, you know, like many of us and said, oh, my gosh, we got to plan this thing, and who's going to be the wedding planner? And, uh, you know, we got to get the photographer. we got to get the best one we can get. And, and we got to have a videographer, you know, to, to get every moment. And, and uh, man, who's going to be the DJ? We, we need a great DJ because, I mean, that brings the party, right? we gotta, we got to have that. And... and And what if they'd have forgotten to invite Jesus? What would have happened? Let me tell you something. You better invite Jesus to your wedding. You better invite Jesus into your marriage. Because one day, one day, I don't know if it'll be the first year or year five or where it'll happen, but you'll run out of resources. You'll run out of joy. You'll run out of peace. You'll run out of provision. You'll run out of certain things, and and you'll be wanting, you'll be needing, and you'll need something, and you better have someone there who can make a difference, right? Who Who can step in and change it because Jesus, listen, is not a wedding crasher. He has to be invited. But I'll tell you, there is a wedding crasher who will come to steal, kill, and destroy. He doesn't need an invitation. He wants to target your marriage, your life, and destroy it. So what are your priorities? I know some of you have invited all kinds of voices into your life. 
You got Instagram, you got Snapchat, you got text, you got group text, you got all kinds of stuff going on, you've got all kinds of voices in your head, you, you've got all kinds of things coming your way, you've got, you even tune in maybe to celebrities and oh, what are they talking about and what are they living like and, and what's their situation and you've invited all these voices in, it's no wonder you can hardly hear his voice. And what he would speak and what he would say to you. The problem is we're not paying attention to the right voice because you've got to invite Jesus into it. You've got to invite him into it. Second thing, if you're going to have a miracle in your marriage, you've got to work on your marriage. All right? Let, let me give you the word for a successful marriage. You ready for it? Work. Okay? Work. Everybody say that with me. Work, right? You got to work at it. You got to work it, work it, work it, work it, all right? You, you got to keep on working on it because they got involved. Jesus said, you know, I could do this. I could just do it. But you get those pots and you fill them up and then I'll do something. Some of you are waiting on God when God is waiting on you to do what you can do. So we need some Holy Spirit power tools in our repertoire that we can use. And let me just give you a few of them. First of all, you need to be available. You need to be available to God, but you need to be available to your family. You need to be there for them. And you need to not only be there, but the second thing you need to be is be attentive. In other words, the phone has an off button. And, and so you can turn it off, put it in the other room, have dinners with no phone. Well, what would we talk about? Oh, well, there you go. Maybe life. <laughs> Maybe romance. Maybe you find out what your kids are thinking. And you give them an opportunity to speak into your life, then, then be aware. Do you even know what the love language is of your spouse? Be affectionate. Give appropriate affection and show that you care, that you love. Be appreciative. Watch your words. Make sure they build one another up. And the last B is be aggressive. Fight for your marriage. Fight for the relationships that matter, that count in your life, because there's an enemy who is fighting against you. But greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. How about you, right? He's greater. He's greater. And so you've got to be intentional. So here, here's some things that maybe just real practical that I would do. I would join a life group. I'd get around other people who are Christ followers and, and do married, li married life with them, not people so much that don't follow Christ. And it's great to reach out to people and invite them to church, and you ought to be doing that all the time. But your close-knit group, the people you listen to, the people that are pouring into your life should be fellow Christ followers. 
You should go to on-ramp and say, oh, I just want to connect with other people here at this church, and I want to serve. And you know, there's so many places in this church where you could serve as a couple, where you could even serve as a family. And just serving him together would draw you together. See, there's so many things. Levi Lesko says this, and by the way, next week's message, I'm drawing a lot from Levi Lesko's book. We're going to talk about swipe right next week. So you need to bring all your single friends here next week. All the single ladies, all right? Just, I'm about ready to break into a song, but I won't do it. Spirit of Beyonce coming all over me here. So Levi Lusco, we're, we're going to talk about some single issues next week. It'll help your marriage too, by the way, because let me tell you something, temptation never goes away. We'll talk about that next week. But Levi Lusco said, put in the work and then watch it work. See, you, you can watch it work. So here, here's kind of how this works, is you say marriage is important, but you don't sign up for art of marriage. You say marriage is important, but, but when it's in trouble, you don't go for a marriage retreat that we sponsor. You, you say marriage is important, but then you don't do what Rochelle and I have, have started doing years ago, and it was one of the best things we ever did, was something called date nights. Because you should not stop dating your mate after marriage. Because the enemy will provide a date for them. At work or somewhere. And so here's, here's what you need to do. You, and, and, and you may say, oh, Craig, you know, we got like 10 kids. And, you know, <laughs> we can't afford babysitting. You know, it's like $150 to have our kids babysat to go on a date. And so, I, you know, I don't know how we're going to do that. Well, let me tell you something. You find somebody else stressed out with about seven or eight kids here at church, and you say, hey, notice that train coming in with you here today, uh, Sunday. We had our own train coming a while ago. We got them all where they need to go now. But, um, but we, we just had a thought. Uh, if you guys would babysit our kids one week, we'll babysit your kids next week. And then that way we don't have to spend any money on the babysitting thing. We just spend it on each other on a, on a hot date, you know. I'm telling you, where there's a will, there's a way. And if it's important, you'll make it happen. And it's important to make it happen with your spouse. And so faith requires movement. God wants us to work on it. He told them, fill the pots up, fill those jugs up, then I'll do something. So if you're in financial strains and in debt up to your eyeballs and, and you're just frustrated financially, are you in Financial Peace University? Why not? How many counselors have you seen? What are you doing to try to fix things? Faith, listen, faith requires movement. You get moving and you'll see God moving in your life. And then here's the third thing, is choose 
to believe the best. Choose to believe the best. Look at what Mary says. She says, just do what he says. Just whatever comes out of his mouth, you do it. And so God is not your wedding DJ to play all the tunes you want played in your life. No, he comes with his own playlist. Somebody help me. Right? He's got a playlist ready to play in your life, a soundtrack to the background of your marriage to help it thrive and not just survive. And so if I were you, I'd switch my playlist this morning and I'd get tuned into what he has to say. Isaiah said, his ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. Paul said, I need to renew my mind daily. How can you put God garbage in and not have garbage coming out. Some of you need to tune in to God's voice and what he has to say and quit trying to blame somebody else for it. Mm. How many wish I'd preach this morning, right? I, I think if you'll help me, we'll get on to something here, all right? And, and, and so he, here's the thing. I, I don't know how this went. I mean, the Bible only tells us so much, but maybe the the new father-in-law said, I knew she shouldn't have married this guy. (laughs) Running out of wine. Who does that? (laughs) I knew it. And and maybe the, the groom is over here saying, hey, hey, I hired the wedding person, the coordinator. They, were, they should have seen to it. We had plenty of bottles and we had plenty here to serve everybody. It's not my fault. Everybody maybe is trying to blame everybody. Let me tell you something. When you blame people, you're being lame. You're being lame. Mary says, just do what he says. It's not important who wrecked the marriage. It's not important now who said what. It's not important all those things so much as from this day forward, are you going to let Jesus be Lord over all? Are you going to let him rule and reign in your life? Don't be blaming everybody. Shanti Feldhahn was here uh, a while back, and, and she's an author, and she wrote a book called Happy Couples, and she does this analysis. She, she studies statistics, and here, here's what she came up with in her research, that happy couples have this in common. Listen, listen up you're, if you're a couple or you want to be one. Here's, here's what they have in common, the ones that stay married for like 50, 60, even 70 years. Here's what they do. They believe the best in the other person. That's what they do. They, they just believe the best, and it just comes through. And what it does, it just inspires the other person into being even more than they would be. It creates what I would call a spiral effect. That instead of spiraling down, how many have been in one of those, Right? Where it's like, oh my gosh, will this ever stop? But you can turn it around with God's help and your mouth. And you begin to believe the best and you begin to speak the best and you speak what you want to see happen and what you believe God can do and all of a sudden God begins to work in it. Here's the next thing is put your faith in Jesus. 
not in Instagram, all right, or whoever else in your life and people you follow. Listen, the disciples, it's right there, we read it, that they put their faith in him. They put their faith in him. They begin to follow him wholeheartedly. See, you get right with your master and things will get right in your marriage. You cannot put your faith in a person, by the way. If you're single here, don't, don't be thinking that, you know, oh, if I just find my person, oh, oh I, I need my person. I, 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 I need him. Oh, he'll complete me. Like you're some half person, you know? Let let me clue you in. God did not create half people, all right? You are a whole person. And whether you're married or single has nothing to do with God has a whole lot of promise and blessing for your life. It makes no difference whether you're married or not. You are a whole person in Jesus, all right? So that's why some of you, the best thing that could happen is for you to run out. Run out of supply, run out of joy, run out of peace. Because when we get desperate, we begin to look to Jesus, right? And when Jesus shows up, he can turn it around. Because they said, you've saved the best to last. I believe the last of your life could be the best of your life. Right? Everybody over 50 better start shouting right now, okay? Yeah. I believe it could be the best of your life. The best is yet to come when God's in it. And see, that's what exactly began to happen as they begin to put their trust in Him. John chapter 5 is another story. I just want to allude to this story for a moment. Here's what happens in this story. John says, I was still walking with Jesus. I'm following him. You know, he turned that water into wine and everything. Then one day, John says, we came by a pool, the pool of Bethsaida. And, and, and so we're, we're by this pool. It's not like the J.W. Marriott pool, okay? It's not like the Bahamas or whatever, and everybody's sitting around with their little foo-foo drink with a little... Something sticking out of it, you know, and, and just relaxing. No. This pool, John says, the sick, the lame, the blind, the diseased, they're all laying around this pool. Now, why are they laying around this pool? Well, they had this superstition. This, this one guy, he's laying there, he's a lame guy. And he's laying there, and he's not walked, the Bible says, in 38 years. Can you imagine? 38 years. 38 years, maybe, your marriage has been hard. And you think, is it ever going to get better? Maybe 38 years, you've worked at a job that you hated to go to every day. I don't know what it is for you, but maybe 38 years, you, you know, that, that's a long time. How many know that's a long time? In 38 years, this guy's laying here by this pool, all these, all these other people, blind people, other lame people, diseased people, they're all laying around this pool. And Jesus and his disciples walk along, 
And Jesus stops by this guy and he asks an interesting question. He says, do you want to get well? To which I'm thinking there's one answer. Right? Are you with me on that? I'm thinking the answer, if it's me, is yes. Oh, yeah. But that's not how he answers. The guy doesn't say yes or no. He says, well, let me tell you why I'm like I am. You know, there are people that I believe Jesus today would say, do you want your marriage to get better? Well, just let me tell you about how I got hurt. Let let me tell you about the history of this. Let me tell you why I'm, I'm like I am. When that's really not what's important when Jesus walks in the room. Hello? What's important is Jesus just walked in the room. And this man says, well, I I can't get in the pool when it stirs up so I can be the first one and get healed. Well, what it is, is there's a superstition that's going around. And the superstition is that this pool will get stirred up by an angel that flies down and stirs up the water. And the first person in the pool gets healed. And, And so this... This superstition may have been, some people believe, that there was a spring under this pool. And what the people didn't know is every once in a while it just kind of gurgles. Just kind of, you know, an angel, get in there. And he says, I I can't get in there. By the time I roll over, you know, and get in there, somebody's already jumped in. And, and, And so, man, if I just... If I just had some people to love me, I I wouldn't be like this. If it weren't for the people I have, listen, or don't have in my life, things would be better. And some of you, maybe you, you try to blame things. And Jesus says, hey, get up and walk. And the guy, see, see what you, you, you don't need a, a pool you need a power, right? See, you, you don't need superstition. You don't need, oh, I'm just hoping we'll luck out. I'm hoping somehow, some way, you know, maybe I'll read my horoscope. Maybe, maybe that'll tell me what to do and, and fix this. And, and some of you, I, I'm telling you, some of you, you, you think, well, you know, I'm single. I don't want to be single. I, I didn't think I'd be single by this age, or I didn't think I'd be single again at this age. And so now things are desperate, and maybe I'll go to places I said I'd never go to to find someone in my life. I never thought I'd get on those, those apps and, and I'd put a profile in there hoping somebody, somebody loved me. I never thought I'd get to this point. And how many know desperate people have desperate ways? And, and so you, you maybe are like that. And instead of doing all of that, here's what I believe you and I need more than anything else is Jesus to walk into our lives. Because if Jesus walks in, anything can happen. See, this man had limiting belief. 
Some of you, it's your limiting belief that is holding you down. At the wedding, they said, we'd have a great day if it weren't for we ran out of wine. If we hadn't run out, boy, we had a good run while it was good. But then it ended. If I just had other people in my life that could help me get in this water, then I'd be all right. See, the enemy wants you looking at everything but Jesus. To look every direction other than up. Because if you will look down or you'll look to the left or the right or somewhere else in your life, then what you think is, is I need a moving pool. That's what I need. No, I just need to move to a pool. I need to live in Southern California. That's what I need to do. That's what God's telling me. I need to move somewhere else. And then, oh, then it'll be wonderful. I remember Rochelle said that when she was getting ready to graduate from high school, she lived in Terre Haute, Indiana. Anybody ever been to Terre Haute? Two of you? Okay. And so anyway, uh, she, she decided that, uh, you know, I, I've got to move out of Terre Haute. She was talking to her mom and, and saying, you know, I, I just got to have to move out of Terre Haute because no guy that I want is going to be found in Terre Haute, Indiana. And she believed that. She thought, I'm going to move somewhere. I'm going to move somewhere. Until. (laughs) Come on, somebody. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Until I moved to Terre Haute, Indiana. Amen. Yeah. And she realized that God knows my address. Let me tell you something. You don't need to move somewhere. You just need the God who's able to move heaven and earth on your behalf. No devil, no demon, nothing high, low can stop his power at work. Do you want to get well? Do you want your marriage to thrive? Do you want it to get better? Do you want to get married? Then what are you doing laying there? What are you doing looking at that website? What are you doing with that app on your phone? What are you doing looking at your phone and listening to all these other voices in your life and comparing your life to somebody else that you don't even know well? What are you doing with all that? Where is your confidence? I'll tell you the significant other that you need in your life is the one who is more significant than any other that you can have in your life, who can split seas in half and cause the lame to walk, the blind to see. In him we live, we move, we have our being, Paul said. I used to sing a song when I was growing up in church with our church family. He is my everything. He is my all. He is my everything, both great and small, all in between. He gave himself for me. He made everything new. He is my everything. Now, how about you? And see, he wants to be everything in your life. I'm telling you, the word you need today, the power you need today, don't settle for the world's best when you can have God's best in your life. I believe there's healing in this house today. I believe there's healing in the name of Jesus. 
And I believe rather than jumping into something, you need to stand for something. And as you begin to do that, I believe God's strength, His miracle working power will begin to work in your life. You don't have to settle for good when God has something great. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning that you want to do something great in each of our lives, in each of our homes, in each of our relationships. So God, help us today to just maybe refocus on what's most important. Maybe you're here today and you'd say, Craig, man, there are so many distractions in this world. And I'll be honest, sometimes I don't, I'm not always great at putting God first in my life, in every area of my life. And too often, I'm going on what I think. Too often, I, I'm kind of trying to put the pieces together and figure things out and make life work. And it's no wonder sometimes there's struggle and difficulty and challenges and things like that. So today, I, I just want God to know that He is preeminent in my life. He is first place. There is no other. I, I don't want anyone else more than Him in my life. I want Him to know that here today. How many are here and you just raise your hand and say, oh yeah, that's my desire. Put him first in every area, everything in my marriage, my home, my relationships, Father in heaven. You see every hand that's raised. God, in a world full of distraction, in a world full of voices, may we be tuned to yours. Help us to hear you hear the sweet whisper of the voice of the Holy Spirit in our lives as you speak to us, as you help us and God do miracles in homes today in Jesus name while heads are still bowed and eyes are closed there may be someone here that you need the greatest miracle of all and the greatest miracle of all in my opinion is when your sins are forgiven and the guilt is all gone And the shame is removed. And you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. And if you're here today and maybe you've gotten away from God or maybe you've never really given your heart, your life over to Him, then if you'd like to do that right here, right now, would you just raise your hand and say, yes, that's me today. I need to be a new creation in Him. How many are here? Just raise it up. Yes, I see that hand. Yes, I see that hand. Over here, a couple of you. God bless you. All right. Several around the room over here. God bless you. All right. Let's pray this prayer. Church family, just everyone pray and say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on that cross to be my sacrifice for all of my sin. Today, I want to start over. So as much as I know how, I surrender my life to you. Thank you for coming in and changing my life today by making my life a miracle. From this day on, I want to serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, somebody. 